Now, you girls just be absolutely free. You're in Denmark tonight. <laughs> They're all glory folk. They're all lovely folk. And it's, just, it's lovely to have you with us. You make yourselves at home, though. Praise the Lord. And you'll be free as you feel led with the Spirit. Now, be free. First, we'll a song of Dens, and so we strike in A.
you're not speaking. No, you're not speaking. A little. No, I thought I did. I tried to get out of it. I know. Now then, tell me what it's like to be saved, Doc. Oh, it's wonderful. I Wonderful. If it's an album, it says wonderful. Oh, yeah. uh, well, and go on some more. You can't. Well, let me, let me see, see it. It's Sweden where you come from. Say hallelujah in Swedish, then. Hallelujah. I thought it was the same. Well, bless the Lord. That's how it'll be in heaven, you know. It's all there. We say hallelujah. It's marvellous, that is, you know. Praise the Lord. Well, you can't speak English, you know. No. Well, tell us in Norway, uh, what's it, in Swedish, in Denmark, how you can, your testimony, we don't mind about you speaking in the foreign language, oh, come on, speak, tell us something for Jesus, come on, no. come on, something for Jesus. No, I'm very happy to be here tonight, you know, the first time I heard Henry's meeting was on the Cape in Denmark, and it was so wonderful, and I said to, <clears throat> you know, Lone, a Danish girl, yes, and I said, oh, I would be so happy if I could be on this mission. And now I'm here tonight. I'm yeah. so happy. There you are. There you are. Oh, I, knew, I, I knew the building coming back. Well, that was wonderful. So we praise and thank you for bringing these children and ladies from Denmark. We pray now for a mighty anointing upon them. We pray that I feel them, fill them with thy glory. And we pray they go back to Denmark, they go back to Denmark with the glory of the soul. Raising forth this glorious gospel of love and joy and peace in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Now say praise the Lord. Say praise the Lord. Say praise the Lord. Now both of us shout hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. God bless you. Oh, we're That was lovely. Aren't they lovely? That's what I like about. God's young, that's why I'm in it. <laughs> I said what I thought because I feel young. <laughs> you do feel young this way, don't you? <laughs> well, you know. Now, Arthur, bet. What about it? You come on up here, lad. Bless them. <laughs> Here's young Arthur. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord, Arthur. Have you still got it? Yeah. Yeah. Brother. Yeah. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's all over with Amen. Bless the Lord. Amen. Bless the Lord. Praise the Lord. Here's our Arthur. Well, you know, Henry. Yes. I thought this last two days. That uh, I don't know what the glory people would do without the word wonder. You said to that, yeah, I don't know. I've been thinking about I the same thing. I don't know what they'd do without the word wonder. Marvellous. What you would do without the word wonderful? And even these two sisters here. Yes, you ask them what to think about it. One of the first words they've got a hold yes. of in the English language is it's wonderful. wonderful. Yes. When we went to one, they said wonderbar. 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 Well, there you are. Well, wonderful. it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Yes. And I said, I said to Connie this morning, I should think the word threadbare. Yes. And she rebuked me. She says, it's not threadbare, it's polished bright with you. It's wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful. Amen. Wonderful. wonderful. So whether it's wonderful or wonderful, it's wonderful. It's wonderful because his name is wonderful. Bless the Lord. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, but there's another name that Jesus has. Wonderful. Counselor. Mighty God. And Prince of Peace. Everlasting Father. Wonderful. Wonderful. And you know, one of the most wonderful choruses I've ever heard is it's wonderful what God can do. So it really is wonderful. Oh, hallelujah. Well, there's something, something about this that's arresting and challenging. I, I, I must just read you a word out of Hebrews here. It, 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 uh, it arrested me. In the book of Hebrews, just bear with me while I find it. I've forgotten where Hebrews is for the minute. I didn't know. This morning it was there. It's still there. Bless <laughs> the Lord. 
Now, you know, this is a new order, it's a new way, it's a new day, it's a new thing, and every day Jesus brings something new. That's the Lord. Now, the Lord says here, oh, now, don't be put off because it sounds a bit uh, bamboozly fine. I can't think of another word. Uh, will that do? Yes. But it isn't at all like that. It's wonderful. Now, in Hebrews chapter 8, this is what it says in Hebrews chapter 8. It talks about this, about two covenants, two agreements that God has, an old one and a new one. Now, we're in the new and we're concerned with the new. But before you'll appreciate what the new one is, you've got to see what the old one is. And it says that God found fault. Chapter 8, this is in the book of Hebrews. And he says this. This is verse 8, chapter 8. He says, I will make a new covenant. I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel. And he says this. Not according to the covenant that I made with them, with their fathers when I took them by the hand. Now, that was the old one. He says, I took them by the hand. Now, this is the new one. But he says, this is the new one, I will put, I will put, and I tell you, God is the grandest putter in the universe. He says, I will put, I will put, I will put my laws in their minds and write them in their heart. Now he says the old one, I led them by the hand. But he says the new one's a heart job. The new one's not a hand job, it's a heart job. Now there's a big difference between a hand job and a heart job. Now the, the hand job, it failed. Because the hand job was this, God took his people by the hand and led them out of Egypt into, into and it was wonderful. Oh, yes, even the old one was wonderful. It was wonderful, even though God found fault with it. It was wonderful. But the new one, oh, the new one is not according. It's not according. It's not according to, to this. Now, he says, if they don't keep my commandments, I won't regard them. But the new one, it's not what they do. It's what he does. He says, I will. I will, I will, I will. And he says, I will put, and I will write, I will do it. Now, do you see the difference between the old and the new? God, in the old, did something on the ground that they did something. So the old one had its roots in you, but the new one has its roots in him. Now, the old one was, you do this, and I will do that. But the new one is, I'm going to do something. It's the other way around. You see, a wheel doesn't go around to become a wheel. It goes around because it is a wheel. Now, you don't do good works in this to get to heaven or to please the Lord because you want something from him. The Lord meets you first. He's first in the field. And all oh, the grace of God, it comes to you. And it melts you. And it breaks you. And oh, then you say, gee. And you, well, because there's a spring opened up. You want to, you want to love him. You want to do something. You're not under the grindstone. Well, I, I, I must do this and I must do No. Now, I've heard this sentence often in the glory movement. This is a love way. It's so much a love way that nobody, unless they have a revelation from God, knows what the love way is. You know, all the world knows about love. They don't know anything about this way. Because the highest thing, as far as I'm aware, the highest thing that you can get in the, in the natural is a mother's love. They say, and they sing the praises of a mother's love, and they say it's the highest thing, a mother's love. But when you take the highest, a mother's love has its as it roots in selfishness because she loves her own. At the best, she loves her own. It's her child she loves. But you see, in the new, the new way, oh, it's altogether different. You're loved without a cause. 
You are. You aren't. There is a cause, but the cause isn't in you. It's in him. Your love for Jesus, then. The sound, the spring that sets things moving is not in you. God doesn't say, well, these people are, 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 are so wonderful and so lovely, I'm going to love them. When you're not wonderful and when you're not lovely and while you're yet sinners, Christ died for you. Oh, the staggering, wonderful message of the grace of God, which is the essence of heavenly love. I tell you, the grace of God is the essence of heavenly love and your love for another sake. Your love for Jesus' sake. The root cause, the cause is in God and not in you. Now, this is the new order. Hallelujah. It's the new order. God says, I'll put it. I will put it. I will do it. Not you. It's I. I will. I will. I will. God will do it. And you begin to find that you enter Romans chapter 8 into the glorious liberty of the sons of God. Oh, hallelujah. Glorious liberty. Oh, you've dropped around under your big black stone long enough. You've struggled up and down your little chicken run. You've tackled there all long enough. Oh, but all of a sudden, you find you burst out into a new world. And you found that you were never made just a prey on the ground. But God made you an eagle. And you were made for the mountains and you were made for himself. And when you begin to win your flight to realms above, oh, there's so much room. There's space. Oh, you just feel, you feel, you feel well that God brought you in a large place. Well, it is. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Wonderful. It's so wonderful, you see, because this is a heart job. Now, the old ones, he said, I led them by the hand. Well, I've seen some of us leading their children by the hand to school. I have. Come on, you little brat. And I've heard them hollering and kicking and struggling and shouting, I don't want to go, I don't want to go. Go on. They've been led by the hand. But now this is a different job, this. You're not being, you're not being pulled along. No, he's not getting at your hand. He's getting at your heart. When he's, when he's got your heart, he'll find he's got your hand. You can't do that if he hasn't got your heart. You may say, oh, well, he's strapping. He's strapping. I'd better do it, but it won't last. It's not real. This is a heart job. You see? And because it's a heart job, God has put something in your heart. See? You're not being dragged along by your hand any longer. It's a heart job. Oh. Well, I'm sorry. Born alone. Yes. Well, you know, there's something that happens to people sometime in their lives. Happens to most people. Uh, I remember when it happened to my cousin. My cousin, some of you know him, uh, Billy Pinkney, he comes along around Sheffield area sometimes. I remember him ever so well. Old Billy, all he was interested in as a lad was tadpoles and things like that. Then he got a bit older and it was football. And uh, he was never bothered about, you know, such a lot of things. Then all of a sudden, he began to spend about a couple of hours in the bathroom. And uh, we began to realize something had happened. And you know, it happens to people, it does. All of a sudden, you talk to them and uh, they don't hear you. And uh, they suddenly want to walk out of the room. And uh, they go out at unusual hours. And they come in at unusual hours. And they lose their appetite. <laughs> and they forget things. All sorts of things. They begin to forget all sorts of things. Well, didn't you know? Oh, I forgot. Well, didn't you know? I, I, I forgot. And they forget. And they have a dreamy look at their eyes. And you know they've got it. It's a kind of a disease that comes to mankind. You're very subject between about... Uh, 15 and 30. Of course, you can get it before and you can have it afterwards. But those are the worst years. And then uh, you can sometimes see perhaps two in a shop doorway 
and uh, they let the bus go by. They're supposed to be there to catch it, but the bus comes and it goes, and they just look into one another's eyes. And uh, you can be staring, but they won't notice you. They won't see you. No, they don't see you. In fact, things that are so real aren't real to them. The real things aren't real. And all they do, they just gaze into one another's eyes. And, uh, well, they've all got the names for it. They call it falling in love, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. What do you say? It's wonderful. <laughs> I tell you, I tell you, it's not to compare with this. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, bless the Lord. But it has one thing in common with this. It's a heart job. It's a heart job. See? And uh, you've had a heart that's behaved itself for many years, and then all of a sudden, the thing begins... The thing begins to beat like a sledgehammer when you meet a certain person. Bump, 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 bump. You look down and you say, stop it. But it doesn't stop it. You can't stop it. It's a disease, you see. Can't do anything about it. And uh, it has all sorts of complications, you see. But there's one thing about it. It's a heart job. It's a heart job. And whereas your feet may go on many a journey, it'll be your heart that'll take your feet. And I tell you this, unless you've got it in your heart, you haven't got it. You may say, well, uh, he's a nice fellow and his father's got a lot of money and when his father dies, I shall come into a nice packet if I could get him. But that's not a hard job. He may say, well, she's an awfully nice girl, but her father's got three cars and... Uh, <coughs> No, but that isn't a heart job. No, no, no. I tell you, when you get this heart job, oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what she is or what he is. It doesn't matter. You've got it. See? And your whole vision's colored by it. You can call it an infliction. You can call it an inflammation or a fever or a disease. But when you've got it, your temperature's gone wrong. Your eyesight's gone wrong. Your memory's gone wrong. Your appetite's gone wrong. And everything's gone wrong. But the thing is, you feel wonderful. You never felt so right in all your life. And whilst everybody's pointing the finger and telling you this and telling you that, you feel wonderful. Yes, wonderful. It's a heart job. Well, now, you've got to face this. It is wonderful. For a time. See, there's boxes of chocolates about and so on. But uh, all kinds of things. And you are still the sons of the desert run cold. They run cold every night. He says, he says to her, he says, I'll go through fire and water for you. She says to him, where were you last night? He says, it was raining. <laughs> you see, it's a, it's a very, very peculiar experience. Very peculiar experience, but it throws you off balance. And you don't really see things in the right perspective. And your mother can talk to you, and your father can talk to you, and your friends can talk to you. But when you've got the disease, you don't care a hang about any of them. No. You see? I, oh, no, you take no notice. Well, now then afterwards, of course, when the ring's on and all the rest of it, then you get a lot of folks come around saying, I told you yes. so, I told you yes. so, I told you so. Then you begin to find that uh, it isn't all cream and jam and cake, that uh, you have to face up to things. Yes. Now, the wonderful thing is, when it finishes, that's the time it ought to begin. Hallelujah. Oh, I can say tonight, I can, to the glory of God, I can say, well, I, I, I've been blessed of the Lord. Amen. I have, with my wife and my family, I've been blessed of the Lord. Yes. But not with that jam and cream cake stuff. That, that goes, the guilt wears off the gingerbread, then the real thing starts. The real thing with the blessing of God on it, you see. 
That's when the glory comes in. And the glory will make you consider your wife and make you think about your husband. Slippers and, uh, and all these things and dirty pots and, and so on. And when there are nappies to be washed and so on. This is real. It's real. Oh, I know something about it. Yes, I know something about it. It's real. Real. But now listen. Whilst this is all, it may be very amusing, but this is only a type. It's only a type of this other heart job. Now this other heart job, oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. It doesn't wear off. Amen. And it's in relationship to the Lord Jesus, and he's the altogether lovely one. Oh, hallelujah. I sat down under his shadow with great delight. And you find that something that begins to draw you. This is a magnet. The Holy Ghost, he'll lift up Jesus. And Jesus says, I, if I be lifted up, I'll draw, I'll draw, I'll draw, I'll draw. Now, it's not dry. I'll take them by the hand and take them to school. The law was our schoolmaster. The law was our schoolmaster. You haven't done this. You've blotted your copybook right out with a cane. Oh, but the, it had its benefits. Even the old had its benefits, you know. The law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. Yeah. Oh, hallelujah. Now, the new order, the heart job. So wonderful. So wonderful, you see. Because it works from the heart. And Jesus draws. Now, he's not lovely. He's not lovely. He's altogether lovely. See? Now, the other job, it, it wears thin. There are patches and there are storms and troubles and so on. And it isn't all that you hear on the pop records in Woolworths. No. And it isn't all that they make out at the cinema. No. I tell you this, unless you've got the blessing of God on your love and your courtship and your marriage, you've got nothing. And today, people who've gone after mirages and delusions, thinking that they could put honor on flesh, she's the most wonderful girl in the world. She's the most wonderful man in the world. God, because he's righteous and jealous, he blows on the thing. Now, if you want a happy marriage, bring God into it. And if you leave him out, and you've no glory in it, the guilt will wear off the gingerbread, and you may finish up in the law court. Now, that's the truth. Now then, to come to this other job, this is wonderful. You see, he draws you. He doesn't nag you, and he doesn't drive you. He draws you. Now, if you're going to come to the Lord, you've got to give this up, and you've got to give that up, and it's no good coming with this and this and this. Now you're getting it the wrong way around. You're back under the old thing that God found fault with. The old thing he found fault with it. You see, you're looking for the cause in you. Cause in you. But no, you have to find the cause in him. He says, I will. I will. I will. And the grace of God finds its spring, its source, its fount in God. And your love for Jesus. You love for Jesus. Now it starts there. And in the midst of your failure and your wretchedness and your undoneness, the grace of God is poured out upon you. And it breaks you down. You say, oh, Lord, that you could love me at this hour in this condition. Oh, Jesus. And something begins to move. And you melt it. And you begin to love him. Because he first, because he first loved you. And you find there's a spring. This is great. This is great, and it's wonderful. The grace of God is wonderful. It's beggar's description. There's nothing like it in heaven or out of heaven or hell or earth or sea or skies that can touch the grace of God. It's the most wonderful thing in the world, grace. And that's true love. That's true love. But it has its fount, it has its seat, it has its cause in God. He says, I will put, I will put, I will put. I will, I will. Not what you do, but what I do. And then because he's done it, oh, Lord, is this really, is this really all my share? Is this really true? You come, you crawl into a meeting, and you find a lot of happy people dancing and jumping and praising the Lord. And you look and you think, oh, you're waiting for condemnation. You're waiting for the chopper on the back of your neck. You're waiting for the kick where you sit down. You're waiting for condemnation. And you hear a wonderful word that if you'll come into Jesus Christ, there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ. Now the whole vital thing is, are you in Christ? You see? Now then you come into a blessed place where you begin to receive the grace of God. The grace of God came and comes by Jesus Christ. Now you're the recipient, the receiver of the grace of God. And it begins to work upon you. Where you've had your hold up. 
And why you... I tell you, there's only one ground that you can't receive grace, and that's the ground of pride. God resists us, the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Now, I'll tell you this, it's very difficult to keep your pride in the glory. Very difficult. Because folks are hopping and bobbing and jumping up and down, clapping and dancing and jigging and one thing and another. And uh, you, 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 bring, you go into your little shell and you try to be a winkle in the shell. Then someone gets a grab at your hand and tries to winkle you out. Someone grins at you and smiles at you and says, Hallelujah, and so on. And uh, being an icicle, it's very difficult to prolong your life if the sun comes out. If you want to con- continue as an icicle, stop out in the dark. Live round the corner. Where the wind blows cold, but don't come into the warmth and the blessing of a glory meeting, because you'll melt. Now, there's an issue of pride there, you see. Uh, there's freedom, such lovely freedom. And people are all so, you know, huddly, cuddly, hallelujah. And, uh, and uh, well, uh, these things ought not so to be, you see. And you look around. Well, now you've either to bend your stiff neck and get in, or else automatically you're pushed out. There's a process operating. You can't stop where you are. You either get in or you get out. See? Now, you can't hold and hold your pride. You see, you see people doing the most ridiculous things, to your opinion. There's a woman there in the corner. And she looks good. <laughs> then you see, quite a respectable man. He looks as though he might have a business. Or something. Then you see, quite a respectable man. He looks as though he might have a business or something, but he's doing this. See? It's so ridiculous. It's so childish. It's so foolish. It's so silly. Then they have a go at here with some gathering nuts in there. <laughs> and you, you begin to think to yourself, well, what have I got into? Are these folks, are these folks loopy or what are they? Did you ever see a crowd like them? They laugh and they shout and they stamp and they clap and they jump. Where are we? What mean is this? What mean is this? Well, don't you know? They've got it bad. They're in love. They're in love. They've got it bad. And it's... They go around singing, I don't care what church you belong to. They'll stop a meeting and have to go shaking hands and hugging one another in the middle of the meeting. Well, uh, what means all this? Well, it's just that, you see. They've got it bad. Now then, this new order, God has taken over and he says, I will put, I will put. And it's a heart job. And he begins to move, move. And you find you've got it. You've got it. Oh, Jesus. And then, you see, you begin to get set free and loose. And you don't begin to care about things you did care about. What Mrs. Jones will say, and what he'll say, and what she'll say. Oh, is my tie right? Am I just, is, is that this, that, this? No, you're in the presence of the one that you love. And you say, oh, gee. Now that's it. Now there's a new order. And it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Are you in it?
Whilst it's a hand job and a foot job and a shouting job, it's a heart job. Hey, same answer, brother. He went to see his young lady, and it wasn't a night out. He didn't want to see her. He didn't want to see her, but it wasn't a night out. So he stood under a bedroom window, and he shouted at the top of his voice, Fire! 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 He came running to the window and pushed the curtains by. Looked out, and she says, where, where? She says, here. Here. Yeah. It's a heart job, brother, isn't it? It's a heart job, sister. If you haven't got any fire here, well, you've got it nowhere. Amen. It begins from the outside. No, it doesn't. It begins from the inside. It's a heart job. It's a heart job. Amen. You know, years ago... Dr. Joseph Parker is a great preacher. And uh, the critics have been saying that when Paul went onto the road of Damascus, the road to Damascus, that when he was smitten down, they said he had a fit of epilepsy. That's what the critics said. And old doc, Dr. Joseph Parker, he says, if that's epilepsy, roll on, almighty epilepsy. Roll on, almighty epilepsy. They say all sorts of things about glory, folks, don't they? About your fear and so on. But brother, sister, if you've got it, you know it's real. And it's so real that if you lose it, you know you've lost it. You can't, you can't deceive yourself that you've got something you once had if you haven't. I tell you, there's a tremendous challenge about it. Oh, bless the Lord. And if you, if you clap your hands, you have to clap your hands with your hands, but with all your heart. See? I mean, it's no good just clapping your hands with your hands. You clap your hands with all your heart. Because, you see, it's, it's with the heart man believes. And if you jump, well, there's nothing in jumping. But if it's unto the Lord, there's something where the faith of the heart operates unto the Lord. Bless the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Where is the fire? Well, he says it's here. It's here. Amen. It's here. Bless the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Well, I'm so glad that Jesus has great Bless the Lord. I am so glad. Amen. Well, the word here, it's ever so easy to find. You couldn't miss it. It's so easy to find. One, two, three, four. The first four words in the Bible. You know what they are? You know what the first four words are in the Bible? In the beginning, God. Have I counted right? In the beginning, God. That's right. First four words in the Bible. In the beginning, God. Well, now, brother, sister, it's so vital, the beginning. The beginning is so vital. That's why this is a hard job. You may see someone else clapping your hands. And you may say, oh, well, they're doing it, I'll do it. No, 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 no. You've missed the beginning. They're not just clapping their hands. They're clapping their hands unto the Lord. Now, that's something that happens in your heart. That's where it begins. doesn't begin with your hand. It begins in your heart. They marched down Jericho, and they shouted. But I tell you, before ever there's a shout upon your lips, you've got to have a shout in your heart. And if you've no shout in your heart, well, you haven't got one at all, however much you may use your voice. Because it's heart. This is a heart job. It begins in the heart. And the dance, David, why, you remember Michael, Michael, whatever her name was, David's wife, she looked through the window, she criticized him, she despised him. And old David turned around to his wife, and he said, I did it to the Lord. I did it to the Lord. Now, that's something you don't see. You don't see that. That's a heart job. To the Lord is a heart job. You may look at the fellow next to you and you say, well, he's hopping and jumping about. I'll do the same as him. But that's not to the Lord. See, it's not to the Lord. And whether you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Now, that isn't something that can be seen. But it's so vital with God that miss it out and you've got nothing. Nothing at all. Like the fellow, he just couldn't manage all this hopping and bobbing and 
jumping and so on. It, I believe it was an Anglo-Catholic church. And there was a lot of genuflections and bowing and standing and so on. He says, well, I'll never get into the way of all that. My man says, him, we'll just do like the man in front. He says, just do like he does. Next time he saw the fellow, he says, my, he says, you led me a dance last time. He says, you led me a dance last time. He says, I got in front of a fella, I got behind a fella, I did the same as him. It wasn't until the, 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 the service was over, I found out the fella had some vitus down. <laughs> he says, I did have a time. He says, I did have a time of it. He says, I was up and down and so on. Well, you see, it served him right. It served him right. Because, brother, sister, you try to copy somebody else and you'll miss God. It's no good you thinking you can come into a glory meeting and do the same as everybody else. Oh, no. In your little world, there's two people, God and you. And I tell you this, the, 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 the effective operation of your heart is that it has to do with your God. And if you dance or if you sing or if you leap or if you jump or whatsoever you do, it must be to the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Now, see, uh, it's so wonderful. This is a parable about what's happening. Can you see the parable in operation? God is doing something with individuals to set them physically free. But they're being set physically free because in their hearts they're free. And they're being set free from what people think. And they're not bothering whether the fellow next to them is wondering which way they're going and what they're doing and so on. Because it's to the Lord the Lord. Now, if it isn't to the Lord, don't you do it. I tell you, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. And if it isn't in the beginning, God, well, it, it, it won't. It just won't. It won't. It'll collapse. It'll drop. It'll die. You may carry on for a bit, but I tell you, you'll hear a word from God, cast out the son of the bondwoman. Ishmael must go. This isn't Isaac. Isaac is something that's essentially 100% God. Oh, it's something that has its birth in the spirit. Something that has in its beginning God. Oh, hallelujah. In the beginning God. In the beginning God. Now see what's happening. The people of God are being physically set free. And God is demonstrating to the whole world by a parable what he's doing. In these last days, he's setting the body free. It's no longer a one-man job on a platform. No, the day the, day the one-man shows God. This is something essentially where it's body ministry. And the eye kind of say to the hand, I've no need of you, and the hand to the foot, I've no need of you. You see, every part is an essential supplier to the whole. It's wonderful, it's wonderful. Now, there's no such thing as an odd man out. Every member has a vital part, but it must be to the Lord. Now, supposing my members fell out. They said, well, I mean, Hilda's hand, they play the piano. But how would Hilda's hands go on on that piano if your feet didn't take your hands? See? See, it's all right, the fingers saying, well, we play the piano. Ah, but the feet brought the finger. <laughs> see? And the eyes have something to do with it, you see. I tell you, old Hilda wouldn't get on so well if she had to be carried there in a bath chair. No. The feet supply. And then the hands minister, and the eyes combine with the hands, and the ears have to listen to, or she'd play all out of tune, you see. So each supply, it's not a one show, it, it's each supply. Bless the Lord. You know, I've never seen my picture. <laughs> I haven't seen them. I've got some. Yes, I believe. I haven't ever seen them. You know, there are lots of, there are lots of members of your body you don't know you've got until they go wrong. <laughs> And then you find out, you see. I have never seen my kidneys. I know nothing about them. But as far as ever I know, they've been working away, doing their job all these years, and they've never asked for a bit of praise, a bit of credit, out of sight, behind the scenes, but they're doing the job there, there, all the time. And that's the fact. I haven't ever seen my lungs. There are all sorts of parts of my body I haven't seen. But as long as they're doing the job, they just go on, and there's no quarrel or split in the body. I've heard no cry from my kidneys saying, well, it's all right. There's, there's uh, the eyes and the, uh, and the mouth and the tongue are in the center of the picture, and we are behind the scenes working away in the dark, and nobody ever bothers about us. We are going on strike. <laughs> no. No. You see, the, the body works together as one. It works as one. The feet and the hands and the eyes. And I tell you this, brother, sister, you move out of the plan and the pattern of God for your life, 
and you'll find yourself in as ridiculous a position as if you tried to walk on your ear. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. You were never meant to walk on your ear. It was never in the plan of God, you should. No. Now you find when people lose one member, they often make do. You may see a dumb man start this business and so on, you see. And he makes do, but it's only a substitute. It's only a substitute. Now the essential part of the plan of God is that each member shall supply. But listen, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. And the members, once they recognize the head, once they recognize the head, there's no split, there's no division. It all moves sweetly. Now God is doing something in these last days, in a parable, to demonstrate and to manifest what's happening in the church. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. See, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit in his own little cause. No, with all. With all. You see, the eyes can't take a journey away from the feet and the hands and the ears and say, well, I've fallen out of the rest of the body. I'm going to see up a corner and the body can go that way. No! We are locked and linked and it's a vital part. Now, can you see? God's doing something by the power of the Holy Ghost to set men and women free from the heart. See? From the heart. That's the heart. Amen. Now then, once you're free, oh, you begin to move, you see? The whole body begins to move. Hallelujah, you see? You begin to get free. And it's so wonderful. But it's a parable. It's a parable. I don't know what you are, and it doesn't matter. But I tell you this, the Spirit divides severally as He will. So, liberty comes when you recognize the Lordship of the Holy Ghost. License comes when you refuse to recognize the Lordship of the Holy Ghost. But when you recognize the Lordship of the Spirit of God, you see that He gives utterance, He divides severally as He will. Now then, this isn't... This isn't a one-man show where we can fall out with one another. I can't do without you, brother. I can't. And you can't do without me. Because together, we sang a lovely chorus at Lambeth that day, Henry. We are not divided. All one body. See, well, I think, oh, when you hear the member being slashed, members being slashed and cut and torn and ripped by other members, you know, my wife dropped a little word in my ear a few weeks ago and it blessed me. She says, the tongue is in the head. The tongue is in the head. It is. And the head of the body is Jesus Christ. And if there's anything the matter with the members, it's all right, he'll speak, he'll speak. There's so many of the members, they're moving out of their, out of their function and, 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 and oh, they're doing all sorts of things. Like old Peter, you remember Peter? Out with his sword, off with the servant of the high priest here. And I don't believe it was a split shot. I believe it was a bad miss. He meant to slice the fellow down the middle. I do. I do. I tell you. I tell you. And, and, and to this day, there are still people going about trying to cut and carve people up. But what did Jesus do? He took that ear that fell to the ground and he put it back. And he performed a wonderful miracle. Honey, I tell you, he's always having to put back things that he's impetuous, impulsive. Children are doing all oh, they bungle things up and then mess things up. I'm glad I've got an intercessor who puts things right. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Saved by his death, much more by his life, hallelujah. There's one who stands bail. There's one who stands purity for a church that's out of order. Standing there until, oh, hallelujah, until he puts the church in order. Until he puts them in order. Now there's a move on. Something's happening by the power of the Holy Ghost to bring the whole church collectively to one. You see? So that there'll be no jealousy. Why, how ridiculous for the eye to say to the hand of no need. How ridiculous for you to fall out of your sister or your brother. Because they're the minister you haven't got. Or they're in the limelight and you are not. Don't you see, we're one. Jesus prayed, Father, that they all should be one as we are one. And the Holy Ghost is doing something to bring the church of Jesus Christ to that effective place that was in some measure realized on the day of Pentecost. They were in one place, at one time, of one accord, of one heart, 
and of one soul and with all things in common. Now, God did a wonderful work. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it was so wonderful for a time. And then all of a sudden, the Hebrews and the Greeks fell out about their widows. They did. And they said, we are being neglected. See, and it was the beginning, the beginning of the trouble, you see. But there's something God is doing to bring us to be one. To be one, you see. Now then, there's no division. There may be an aisle down the middle here, but there's no division between you and you. No, we're one body. Oh, hallelujah. There isn't a Baptist Holy Ghost and a Pentecostal Holy Ghost and a Salvation Army Savior and a Church of England Savior. Oh, by the power of the Spirit of God, something will happen that shall move out the barriers and the blocks and the division and make the Church of Jesus Christ to realize it's one. It's one. One, brother, sister, it's one. And we all have our own separate individual ministry and each joint supply. Hallelujah. Each joint supplies. You cannot do what I can do. And I cannot do what you can do. You have a ministry that's of God. And each and every one of us has a ministry. Now then, have you waited? Have you waited on your ministry? What are you going to do with that scripture which says the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all? Little Jack Horner, come out of your corner. Elijah, what doest thou here, Elijah? What doest thou here, Elijah? You've sat too long under your juniper tree. Esther, you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. So whatever your name is, Jack Horner, Elijah, Esther, or whatever it be, I tell you, God has a ministry for you. God has a purpose for your life. And you have a responsibility to know what God wants with you. Oh, you must say, I'm nothing. Well, the plan of God is he moves and works with nothing. He hung the earth on nothing. And he created all things. Bless the Lord. You can't get out of it by saying you're nothing. You may say, well, I'm not. Well, he has chosen the things which are not. Come out of your corner. You can't judge the issue. I tell you this, some of the biggest, mightiest things, because God is there in the beginning, that settled it. In the beginning, God. God started with nothing. Well, he didn't need anything as long as he was there. Hallelujah. Amen. In the beginning, God, see, and he spanned the heavens and he flung the stars into their place, not by a great long process of evolution, but by a living word. Let there be in the world. Hallelujah. So you, oh, you say, I'm so small, so little, so mean. Doesn't matter. The mightiest river has a source and traces back till it gets into the mountains and you'll come to the first drip. Are you just a drip? Are you just a drip? I tell you, if you're only a drip, brother, if you get on the move, if you get on the move, if you're only a drip, if you get on the move, once the drip, once the drip starts moving, it becomes a trickle. It's only a drip, but once it really begins to move, then it becomes a drip, a trickle. And one drip meets another drip. Hallelujah. And two little drips go on, and they meet another little drip. And soon you've got a lot of drips all on the move. Hallelujah. And when you've got a lot of drips all on the move, it, 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 it's something. It's something. See? It begins to flow. Hallelujah. It begins to flow. And the trickle moves on into a stream, and the stream moves on into a river, and the river moves out into the ocean, and God is on the move. See? See? Get out of it. It's no good saying I'm too little. I tell you, if you're the littlest drip that ever dripped, if you're on the move, God can do something. Hallelujah. Do you see him? Do you see him? Now, now listen. You may be amused. You may be amused, but I tell you, when light comes, light isn't given to basking. Light is given to walking. So, if you're only a drip and you've had some light, you'll have to get moving. You see, you've got to move. You can't stop in the light and do nothing. Because the purpose of the light is to reveal. And as it reveals, then you move. Now, essentially, this is a move. And the moment you cease to move, you cease to be in it. You're left behind. The river moves, you see. And wherever the river went, there was light. Oh, let's hug last night's meeting. No, forget about last night. You've got the God of last night's meeting. That's more important than last night's meeting. 
Oh, that was a lovely thought. Forget the thought. The Holy Ghost shall bring to your remembrance whatsoever is required. He shall guide you into all truth. See? See? A young man who's got his young lady with him, he doesn't need to bother about her love letters. He can forget about them. He only wants those when he hasn't got her. A man in a car, if he's doing a journey, he may look at the map. But if he's got the guide, he can afford not to look at them. And whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he shall guide you into all truth. Now the essential thing about this move of the Holy Ghost is, 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 is. It never, it never was, was. And it never will be, will be. It's always is. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. This is something present. Jesus said to the devil, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth. Present tense. Every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Now, because you're in contact with the living God, you may have a present personal word to guide you that'll come to your spirit, and you don't have to hug and to hold all that has been. You don't have to be a kind of a collective houses of parliament on the moon, where you've got to put things to the moon, put things to the vote, whether, whether it's, it's so many votes for or against, like the conservatives here and the labor there. No, God is one. In the beginning, God. And at the beginning of every situation, if you've got a listening ear, you'll hear the voice of God. You'll hear the voice of the Spirit. And that will bring revelation to you, to me. And we'll find we've got a part in the plan of the body of Jesus. One more word, and it's this. The body, the body is going to fulfill a function that has never been fulfilled before. Perfection will come in the body. Now, there's never been perfection in an individual. But he gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, till, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the measure of the stature of the fullness of Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ is going to do in a body in the last days what he did not do in the early days when he had a body down here. Because he says, greater works than these shall ye do, because I go to the Father. But he says, it's expedient that I go. The Comforter's coming. And the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, as our sister said the other day at Blackpool, when the Spirit of God fell on um, Gideon, uh, there's another rendering which says that the Spirit of God clothed himself with Gideon. Do you see it? He clothed himself. Well, that's wonderful. The Holy Ghost had some clothes. Amen. Oh, something intangible, unreal, like this you can't grip and you can't grasp. I tell you that the Spirit of God is going to be an earthen vessel. And the Holy Ghost will move through the body. Now, the body is not going to be one individual, but the body will be collectively a number, a great number, a wonderful number of men and women who are open to the Holy Ghost. And whatever you may say about glory folk, there may be a rum lot and a funny lot, but there's one thing about them, absolutely without exception, they cannot touch, they cannot touch or move in this except the room for the Holy Ghost. They recognize the Holy Ghost. They recognize the Holy Ghost. And the Spirit of God begins to move. When it's there, and, 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 and there's life, there's life flowing to bring about perfection. Now, there are lots of people who say, oh, yes, well, this move is emotional, and it's this, and it's that, and it's the other. Those four letters, when, Lord, when the Lord had moved the Syrians out, they found that God had wrought a wonderful deliverance. The situation was so terrific that the fourth part of a cab of dove's dung was being told for some sort of a... I forget the actual figure. But things were desperate, and these men found God had wrought deliverance. And they sat down, and they had a real tuck in, and they enjoyed everything. And then they turned one to another, and they said, Here, we don't do well to keep it to ourselves. We must go and tell the king's household. And the message of liberty and life and deliverance was entrusted to four men who originally had nothing in life to do but ring a bell and cry unclean. Oh, we don't like the flesh. Well, God isn't after flesh, but he's going to do this work in flesh and he'll pour out his spirit upon all flesh to the ultimate end that Jesus Christ shall see of the travel of his soul and be satisfied.